It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. And the show rolls on in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I'm on the campus of the University of Alabama at the Delta Kappa Epsilon National Convention. And we're here with a couple of Deke, uh, for short, we'll call him Deke for Delta Kappa Epsilon. Deke, uh, it's fun to say, say it with me, Deke. Deke. Deke, it's a Deke. Your nickname is Deeks, uh, and you are Connor Dunn. Hi, Connor. Hi, how you doing? I'm wonderful, and Craig Dick, how are you? Pretty good yourself. Craig and Connor are Deeks, Delta Kappa Epsilon. You're at the University of Alabama for your national international fraternities uh national convention and it's an honor for me to talk to you guys about what you do on your home campus to make this planet a better place i guess so we're going to talk about your philanthropy or what you have coming up or what you've done yeah so our signature philanthropy event is uh called the scott trap stick it to cancer memorial hockey tournament a little bit of a mouthful but it's a ball hockey tournament raising money for the canadian cancer society and we named it in honor of our fallen brother scott trap he passed away from cancer in 2014 and, I'm sorry uh, to hear about your brother, um, but I have to commend you on all of your efforts. And I should have asked you this from the start, what campus uh, you represent. And now we know it's Canadian. I mean, this is an international fraternity, and you, uh, um, your accent is Canadian. Hockey. I mean, maybe, so we're thinking maybe the University of Minnesota or Michigan, maybe there's a couple up in upstate New York or New Hampshire, but no, this is all Canadian, right? What's your campus? Yeah, the University of British Columbia. UBC. UBC in Vancouver, Canada, yeah. Um, last year we did, we raised, I believe, $35,000 for the Canadian Cancer Society, so that makes us the second and third largest independent uh, fundraisers in Canada, actually. No kidding. Yeah, so we're super proud of that, actually. It's... It, it's it's really something of, of pride. We talk about it during Rush all the time. People are blown away by it. How much? Can I ask how much? How much? How uh, much money has been raised? Um, or, or what does one year bring in? So we over, what is it? We've done it for five years now, six years, and it's we've raised over $100,000, well over $100,000 for it. Well, that's fantastic. Congratulations. Um, so you said... The hockey tournament, it's a, is it on ice or is it like a stick ball? Did you say a ball? Did I hear you say the word ball? Yeah, it's just road hockey, so it's on road pavement. Road hockey. Pavement and foot, yeah. Okay, <laughs> it's now, a Canadian that, thing. That is good. <laughs> That's okay. That's, I, I've, it's not embarrassing to say that you're Canadian and you don't play hockey on ice. It's expensive to play hockey. Yeah, it would be, be kind of hard <laughs> to bring out a whole truckload of ice, so we've got to settle for the road. You know, I guess, see, I'm showing you how American I am. Um, I guess it would be quite the expense to put on an actual hockey game with your fraternity playing some other fraternity with all that equipment and ice and a stadium and all that yeah and this way we get a bunch more games going on at once too so we can have like five six games going on at once and you know more people more money for cancer and that's field hockey no <laughs> so street hockey street you hockey. said street yeah. hockey yeah. so yeah. you were talking there is potential for injury on the street oh yeah it gets pretty rough in there <laughs> is that okay so like rollerblades uh, no, just on foot. F on foot, just okay. Pavement, foot, and hockey sticks. All right, and do you play? Uh, I don't play personally, but a lot of the guys from uh, our chapter put in a team and try to beat the competition. Do uh, you get sororities involved? 
Yep. So there's uh, the Greek teams, fraternities, sororities. Then there's uh, different teams from the campus, like different faculties. And then we actually have a bunch of community teams too. Uh, you know, guys, friends from Surrey or the different suburbs of Vancouver. It's a it's a big community event, which is nice. And we're speaking with a couple of guys from the University of British Columbia. Uh, they are Delta Kappa Epsilon proud, and uh, again, it's Connor and Craig. Um, is there a place we can go look at some of these pictures, like a Facebook page or anything we can catch up on it? Yeah, we have a website at stickittocancer.ca, and all the info will be right there. That's great. That's easy to remember. I'll remember that, stickittocancer.ca. Um, Craig, University of British Columbia, okay, Vancouver. I don't know my geography as well as I should. I'm guessing we're, it's just north of Seattle, yeah. like an hour north of Seattle, two, hours five north. hours north of Seattle. Is it six hours by horseback ride? I mean, I are there cars yet. there? Are there bears? Is there a national law that you're not allowed to lock the door of your car in case a bear shows up so anybody can get away from a bear by jumping in any nearby car? Unfortunately, no. Have you ever heard that rumor? No, I have not. Have you ever heard that rumor? No, but I've heard the rumor we ride polar bears and live in igloos in the, Canada. <laughs> that polar bears live in igloos? No, that we ride polar bears to school and live in igloos oh, yeah. up in Canada. It's all true. I, you yeah. know, the polar bears thing, that's a fact. But, yeah. but the, uh, the rumor that in um, northern parts of Canada, it's a, it's a law that you're not allowed to lock your car doors just in case anybody's walking around and there's a bear attack. Then you can jump in a car. I've never heard that before, but... <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. There are some weird, weird rules up north in Canada revolving around bears, actually. Okay, like what? I mean, I've heard that you, in certain places, you actually have to carry a gun on you. We're, we're pretty anti-gunned in Canada, but in the north, because polar bears will actually hunt people. And so it's mandated that you have to carry it. So their concealed carry gun laws are that you have to have a gun. Yeah, well, it's not concealed, right? It's over your back because it's a rifle. But, yeah, there's certain places up north where it's like that. Have you been up there for uh, no. vacation? <laughs> no. <laughs> I like the warmth. Where does a guy from Canada go for spring break? Cuba. Cuba? Yeah, we went to Cuba together, actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I guess if I'm thinking um, drive time... Like, you would have to go to some place like Cuba or Jamaica or something, because you're not going to drive to Tijuana. What's that, like a 50-hour drive? <laughs> yeah, take a plane much faster. Yeah, yeah we just – people go to Mexico as well. Cancun's a big one. Uh, Hawaii, uh, Cuba, those are the big three, I'd say. All right, before I let you go, and we'll wrap it up again by mentioning the uh, Stick It to Cancer philanthropy one more time, but with the Winter Olympics, do you guys – care about it oh, yeah. do you, are you like fired up for the winter olympics yeah especially the hockey it's a it's a thing of pride in canada do you know uh anything about the luge uh very little what about um curling you know curling Curling's with the with the broom canada, yeah i mean have it, you ever curled no i have not actually uh did you curl this year for have uh, you curled i curled for my pe class in grade 11 that's about it <laughs> <laughs> but one of our intramural events at ubc is actually curling you're it, kidding. It's, a, it's an event. All the fraternities and sororities get together, and we go curling one night. And it's an intramural event put on by UBC. Now, have you ever noticed that the Winter Olympics are on um, NBC during the part of the year where there's nothing going on? There's no sports. That's the only way they can get Americans to watch the Winter Olympics? I haven't. Uh, well, now you know. So you'll see, like, after football season, 
Uh, bef- hockey, oh, I guess hockey's off because it's the Winter Olympics. Yeah, it's uh, it's in February, first first part of February. So it's after the Super Bowl and before baseball really starts. Well, Vancouver, so there's nothing going on. Vancouver hosted it actually in uh, six years ago. Yeah. So. I'm not trying to start a fight with you like <laughs> like Winter Olympics are horrible or anything. I'm just saying that uh, I do I do enjoy a um, a bobsled now and again. Figure skating is always graceful. I like figure skating. Do you like figure skating? I've never tried it, but I'm a fan. Some nice girls twirling around there. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> see, how this, see how these conversations and interviews go. Uh, we started out talking about uh, raising money for cancer, and now we're talking about the Winter Olympics. So we'll wrap it up with Craig and Connor from the University of British Columbia. Again, it's stickittocancer.ca, uh, a great cause. I'm sure you, you've raised over six figures for, uh, for the cause for cancer. Um, I'm sure that people don't have to play in the game to give money. So if some of our listeners from the other side of the planet want to get involved on that website, they can donate money, right? Yep, there's a donations link right on the site there, and just donate straight to the team. It's pretty simple. Stick it to cancer.ca. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you very much. The Adam Ritz Show. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Okay, we go on location now in Haiti with one of our show contributors, Peter Babrinsky. Uh, Peter's a student at Southern Illinois University. And by the way, if you are a student journalism major and you want to contribute to this show, just get in touch with me through Twitter at Adam Ritz or email me through the website adamritzshow.com. Uh, let me know your topic idea and how you want to proceed, and we'll get your report on this show. We go now to Haiti with Peter. <laughs> Hi, this is Peter Rabrinskoy, and I'm reporting live from Port-au-Prince, Haiti, for the Adam Rich Show. I'm here today with Sue Walsh, who is the founder of Little by Little. Hi, Sue. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Peter. Very nice to be here. So, Sue, I wanted to ask you about Little by Little and how it all started. So, how did you find Little by Little? What inspired you? What made you want to go to Haiti? How did this all come about? Well, it's kind of a little bit of a long story, so I'm going to shorten it up a bit. Um, It started because I'm a professor at University of Illinois College of Nursing and I'm working with advanced practice nurses and I really wanted to develop a service learning experience for those nurses in a place and an environment that's very, very different. Different language, different customs, different traditions, different way of performing medicine and Haiti there's a lot of voodoo just everything different so when they are as a provider they have to stop and look and listen and take everything in rather than being the expert they're less than the expert and they have to rely on translators and you know again kind of a long story but that was really the purpose to begin this journey okay why why Haiti well, Haiti fits the bill yeah. <laughs> of everything I just said, being the um, the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Really? Yes, it's on rank with many other poor countries in the world, and um, so thus it's it's a very low resource environment to practice medicine, and. Plus, there are neighbors. It's yeah. very close. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Very close. Okay, so that so was this around when the earthquake happened, or when did was it because of the earthquake you started little by little, or how did how was the earthquake involved with okay. this? Yeah, that's a great question, Peter. Um, no, little by little started in two thousand six. Was our first trip? Oh, okay. The earthquake didn't happen till two thousand ten. Oh, okay. So we had been going there for many years. 
And then it just so happened that we had a team there at the time of the earthquake. Really? Yes. And so we had spent a week in the clinic. We were just wrapping up the end of the day. We were walking home from the clinic in the mountains, and that's when the earthquake struck. Wow. And was it, did you stay longer after it happened, or was it we need to get to safety and then we can come back? Or how did that happen? Well, what happened is the earthquake was devastating. And um, we were a medical team, so we were able to be first responders. Yeah. And so um, we did that. The earthquake hit about 5 p.m. in the evening. And so we just gathered our stuff together. We took a truck up to the hospital. There were 23 of us. So we had a team with supplies. We had medications. We had bandages. We had needles. we We had what we needed to be first responders. So we did that all through the afternoon, into the evening, into the morning. And then finally... Um, the aftershocks were happening, and we had been up for 48 hours, yeah. and so we um, finally ended up going back home. But as you probably remember, the port was destroyed, the airport was destroyed, um, the ground transportation, so there was no form of transportation to get in and out of the island. So we were there for an added four days. Really? Yeah, and then the State Department sent in FEMA planes, and uh, they... Uh, I don't want to say demanded, but they uh, put out that we were to leave the country through okay. the FEMA planes. Yeah, like, well, you did, you helped <laughs> as much as you could, and then, yeah. Exactly, because you're right, we did as much as we could. After four days, it was no longer um, doing simple repair. Now we needed rescuers and um, surgeons for yeah. amputations and things like that. So yeah. we did what we could. Yeah, absolutely. So for people who don't know about Little by Little, mm-hmm. Little by Little is an organization that, that goes to Haiti three times a year, would you say? Four um, times? Yeah, so Little by Little is a nonprofit no. organization. Um, our mission is that we faithfully partner with those in need of improved health and well-being. Yes, so the, and the clinic... So, yeah, the clinic, you know, we partner with Mountaintop Ministries. We partner with other organizations as well. And what we do is we bring the medical capacity to the organization that's in need. Because in Haiti, there's only two doctors to every 10,000 people. And so their medical capacity is very poor. So being at University of Illinois with many of my colleagues and... um, it was just easy to put together this medical capacity and put together these teams. We, um, our little by little goes four to five times a year, and then there are other teams that also serve at Mountaintop Ministries in the in-between time. Okay. Yeah. So our vision really is sustainability and reciprocity. So those are the two very important things to us. Okay. And so you mentioned Mountaintop Ministries. What is what is Mountaintop Ministries? So Mountaintop Ministries is the Haitian organization that we partner with, and they um, have created the clinic physical components, so there's a a building, and um, they also provide all the staff to run it, and they're all Haitian, Um, but they don't have the medical capacity, so we bring in nurses, nurse practitioners, physicians, pharmacists. 
um, physical therapy, occupational therapy. So we're able to bring in their medical capacity. That's amazing. And, and work side by side with them for what they say they need, not what we say we want to do. And that's where the the reciprocity comes in. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, so if people want to get involved with Little by Little, mm -hmm. what are some ways they can support Little by Little? Maybe if they want to come on a trip and maybe if they have medicine experience and nursing experience, they want to get, how can people get involved with Little by Little if they want to help make a change? Well, we do have a website, littlebylittlehaiti.org, and of course there, we're always... Uh, very excited about any kind of donation. Um, the money that we get is purely for purchasing medications and supplies. It, we have no overhead. Our entire organization is volunteer. Um, so that's a real plus if people want to donate. As far as joining a team, um, anybody could certainly email me. My email address is on the website. And uh, and as you know, Peter, because you're here as a volunteer, you do not have to be um, in medicine or nursing or pharmacy. Um, oh. You can be what we call an essential non-medical <laughs> volunteer. Um, we need people to help with supplies and inventory, and as you did so <laughs> wonderfully this this week, it Thank was wonderful you. to have you along. Absolutely. So so that's what I said. Little by little, they could get all the help they need. Anyone. Yeah. There's always, always things that can be done, always things that people can help with. Yep, as you know, as a non-medical, how did it feel? <laughs> it, it was great. It was, this past week's been really great being here and just seeing the amount that needs, the amount of people that need help. Just like, you see the poverty, you see the, like, you can really make a big change. And people come to this clinic and you can just, you know, for just making the, all the help, they just... They give, they get prescriptions, they make, it's just, there's so much, there's so much help <laughs> yes, that can be done. it's overwhelming, wasn't it? And it is just overwhelming and it's such a great perspective yeah. and experience. It's yeah. really great. In a week we saw almost a thousand patients, but we were 968 or something like that in one week. That's yeah. amazing. That's it amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, Sue, thank you very much oh for coming gosh, on. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Peter. Thank you so much, not only for this interview, but for your service this week. Thank you. Send your questions, comments, or concerns to The Adam Ritz Show by emailing adam at adamritz.com. And welcome back to The Adam Ritz Show. We scour the uh, country to bring you stories of inspiration and uh, foundation work, charities, uh, philanthropies. And today I'm proud. I mean, I'm so proud and happy to be outside the continental United States. We are on the Norwegian cruise line getaway in the middle of the Caribbean between St. Martin and St. Thomas, the Adam Rich Show coming to you from, uh, um, actually, it, it's a tropical paradise, and I'm proud to bring on the show as our guest, um, cruise director here at Norwegian Cruise Lines, the getaway. It's Joel Sanchez. Joel, hi, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you, Adam, for having me here. I can't thank, enough, thank you enough for your time uh, to talk to us uh, about your work with the Make-A-Wish Foundation, with the kids on board here. But before we get to that, uh, my knowledge and my point of reference for a cruise director, and I know you've heard this a million times, is um, Julie from The Love Boat, and I'm sure all the guests here on the ship they think Julie Love Boat. I've seen you on this ship. I haven't seen you hold uh, a clipboard once or do anything that Julie did on that show, The Love Boat. You are, you're an entertainer. You're, you're 
is cruise director synonymous with entertainment director? I mean, you are on the stages and entertaining. You are making this fun for everybody. I mean, that's pretty much what it is now. Uh, that's why usually I introduce myself. A lot of people don't know what a cruise director actually does. So a lot of times I say I'm the director of entertainment as well. But it goes hand in hand with what you just said. It's it's about getting out there, having fun with the guests. Uh, you know, you become a performer, a dancer, a comedian. Uh, I mean, you name it, most of the time we have to do it. And uh, that's that's what it is now. So it's no longer the clipboard holder. And uh, as you can tell, I'm, I am a male. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it's not, uh, I just would assume cruise director would be, you're the person with the clipboard that tells your guests what time shuffleboard is. And you, I mean, there's 20 stages on this ship, and you're on every single stage through the course of the day hosting uh, sexy legs contest for the guys. Uh, and I did say for the guys. Um, and then there's game shows you do. You're, you're dancing. You're hosting 80s retro dance parties. Uh, what's your favorite part of your job? Um, honestly, it's definitely the hosting of the parties. Uh, I mean, that always gets me going. I love seeing everybody out on the dance floor. Uh, having a great time, seeing the smiles on people's faces is definitely the highlight of of my of my job. And uh, I mean, I I feed off the energy of everyone else. So when the energy is nice and high and positive, I am having a fantastic day. And honestly, that's most of the time. Every single day of the week, uh, I I'm getting that that vibe. And if I'm not getting it, then I'm not doing my job right. So then I always have to uh, tweak things here and there. But uh, for the most part, that's honestly uh, hosting the parties, uh, getting people going is definitely my highlight. Well, the whole world's jealous of you. You've got the job <laughs> we all want. Cruise director on, uh, on a ship through the Caribbean. It's Norwegian Cruise Lines. We're on the getaway. Our guest is Joel Sanchez. And we want to talk about your work with the Make-A-Wish Foundation, uh, one of the greatest charities uh, in the world. And your kids, the Make-A-Wish kids that get on board, uh, you see to it that they have a good time. What can you tell us about that? Absolutely. I mean, uh, as you said, we try to make make them feel as special as possible. Um, and there's a few things that we actually do. They, our Make-A-Wish kids do get options of what they would prefer to do. So we, we give them a full list, and especially on my side for the entertainment side, uh, a lot of different options that they do receive. Uh, you know, a lot of kids sometimes aspire to be performers, actors, uh, singers, and dancers. So some of the things that really, really kind of stand out, uh, we have some great world-class entertainment here on board, uh, such as Burn the Floor, Legally Blonde, the musical, and what we do is actually have the kids, uh, once they watch the show, they can stay after and they get to meet all the cast members. They get to take a, a photo with just themselves, with all the cast members in costume, which is really, really unique. There's only a handful of individuals who actually get that kind of an opportunity. And we always extend that to our Make-A-Wish uh, kids. And uh, you can tell in their face how happy and how excited they do get when they have that opportunity. And that actually expands not only from our shows, uh, as I mentioned, Burn the Floor, Legally Blonde, but we also have our Illusionarium show here on board where they can get a chance to meet all the magicians as well. And uh, it, it's really, really a very unique experience. Seeing a smile on a kid's face 
warms your heart. Seeing a smile on a Make-A-Wish kid's face, is uh, there's nothing better than that. And you were telling me about the uh, tie-in with Nickelodeon. This ship, the uh, the kids' area, the, the kids' swimming pool, like, I don't know what you call that, the water play area, the water park. Um, there's SpongeBob and Patrick Starfish is out there. Um, first of all, just curious, what's the tie-in between Nickelodeon and Norwegian Cruise Line? Well, Norwegian and uh, Norwegian Cruise Line and Nickelodeon has partnered up just to bring a, a different experience on the high seas, and uh, and it is it's it's absolutely amazing. We have some great Nickelodeon events programming that's available to all our kids out there, and uh, even for our Make a Wish uh, families that do come on board, we do give them. An, an additional extra event. So a lot of times we have some events known as uh, Nickelodeon uh, poolside, Nickelag poolside, and uh, a kid will get slimed up in front of everyone. And uh, most of the time, to be it is awesome, right? You've seen it on TV before, so we make it happen here uh, on the cruise ship. And um, out of you know, sometimes you have four or five hundred kids out there to get selected, but we always make sure that our Make-A-Wish kid gets selected. And if they're not they're not into being in front of that big crowd, well, then we do a private sliming for them where we bring that that uh, exact event to just them, to the family that uh, that they're there with, of course. And uh, and it's a unique experience. So they get slimed uh, on their own. They get the pictures uh, and the memories to go along with that. And, uh, you know, if they have some, as you mentioned, SpongeBob or Patrick or, you know, we have uh, Dora and Diego. If, if any of these characters are their favorite characters, we'll make sure that either... They get woken up one day, one morning by their favorite character, kind oh, of just stop cool. stopping by uh, their stateroom, or they have a private meet and greet where they could, uh, you know, just take some great photos and uh, have that type of experience. How, now, wait a minute. You're telling me that the, the SpongeBob uh, mascot, the character, that giant square outfit can fit through the hallways and through a doorway of a stateroom here? <laughs> Believe it or not, we've made it happen. Uh, yes, he does walk <laughs> sideways, <laughs> but uh, we find one way or another to make it happen. That's fantastic, uh, the work with Make-A-Wish. Uh, if you know a Make-A-Wish family, uh, look into NorwegianCruiseLines.com. It's probably, I think it's NCL.com because um, this put a smile on anybody's face, especially a Make-A-Wish kid. And also disaster relief that Norwegian Cruise Lines works with. You were mentioning Katrina and some of the tsunamis around the world. I mean, you're obviously involved with the high seas, and uh, NCL, Norwegian Cruise Lines, has uh, funding for those kind of uh, efforts as well. Absolutely. I mean, I've seen uh, a lot of times when uh, disasters do strike, uh, the company will send out memos uh, fleet-wide just mentioning, especially to all the families that are affected, which a lot of our, a lot of where the tsunamis usually hits, a lot of our crew members are, are from, uh, heavily from the Philippines, Indonesia, uh, so forth and so on. So they will always send out memos letting, uh, letting passing along the information as to what was donated of course our condolences to the families that were uh, directly affected but i have i've have been thoroughly impressed on the amount of support that the company does uh, provide to the crew members especially uh, for the family members that are back home we love meeting companies that get involved and make this uh, planet a better place, and Norwegian Cruise Lines is one of them. Joel Sanchez is our guest, cruise director here on the Getaway, one of the ships of the uh, NCL, Norwegian Cruise Lines um, fleet. And uh, before I let you go, I want to just have some curious questions from being on this ship. Sure. Uh, when we're in the middle of the deep blue sea, how deep is the water? 
Uh, I mean, at times, uh, I've heard up to 15 to 25,000 feet. Oh, my gosh. So it's uh, no no deep diving right here yeah. for you. <laughs> um, okay, I saw a couple service dogs. Uh, when we're uh, a day at sea and we're nowhere near a tree, where do these service dogs go? Yeah, we have, uh, they, they're funny enough, I mean, uh, we do have special uh, containers and boxes that are available for them uh, near their stateroom. They're kept in uh, in crew only area of course you don't want to see that kind of hanging around in uh, in our guest corridors uh but the guests are aware of where they can take the dogs and uh i mean for the most part these dogs are very well trained so they will not go unless they're in a, a special uh box per se uh if you may but we do have uh we do have it for them okay all right <laughs> Uh, how long are you on this ship, and when you get off of it, where do you go on vacation? So my contracts are four months on, four months on board, and then two months off. Uh, so it's not a bad gig, you know, yeah. being able to kick back, relax for uh, eight weeks, not doing anything. Yes. Uh, it's pretty fantastic. And back home is New Jersey, North Jersey for me. So on vacation, you work in the Caribbean, and on vacation, you go to Jersey. That's right. That's that's my vacation. <laughs> Funny enough, right? <laughs> that's so crazy. Uh, Joel Sanchez. Joel, I'm sorry. Joel Sanchez. Uh, yacht rock. Have you heard that term, yacht rock? I actually have not. Okay. We, uh, we also do a show uh, covering yacht rock. It's a music-intensive show, and it's, it's basically the smooth sounds of the late 70s, early 80s. Um, Doobie Brothers, uh, Chicago, uh, Steely Dan, Hall & Oates. It's the kind of music you'd listen to if you were a millionaire on your yacht right. uh, in the late 70s. Um, I just have to, have to ask you, um, between Steely Dan, Hall & Oates, Chicago, and the Doobie Brothers, which one of those yacht rock kings would you prefer? I might have to go with Steely Dan with that one. Okay, and you're a younger guy. Um, do those artists ring any bells for you? I, I, I need to know, as a, as a connoisseur of Yacht Rock, I need to know if your generation is getting into this music. Because everything's cyclical, and it comes around, and you know, you're hosting the 80s parties and the 70s parties, and you know, when some Steely Dan comes on, you, it, it gets your toe tapping. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, for uh, everyone will be different. Uh, my generation, I mean, I was born in the 80s, but I connect very heavily to the music of even the 50s and 60s. I love swing music. I love, you know, I, the 70s is one of my favorite eras. I mean, uh, nothing wrong with putting on an afro, some platform shoes, rocking out some bell bottoms, you know, I absolutely love it. Well, you made my trip on this ship a lot of fun, and we thank you also uh, for your work with the Make-A-Wish Foundation and for disaster relief. It's Joel Sanchez. Thank you so much for your time. Adam, thank you for having me. It's great. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.